Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, and today is a great day. It's Friday, and I'm about to actually head out of town for the weekend, which I'm pretty excited about. Going to go see some buddies of mine in Vegas. Got a big group of uh, friends that are hanging out there. Been hanging out there for the last couple weeks, and I will be joining them for the weekend. That's going to be sweet. Looking forward to that. And just a follow-up to yesterday's episode where I talked about my experience taking the middle-level IC, I got my score actually yesterday and filmed me trying to get it, had a little snafu trying to download it, eventually got it. And I'm I'm not going to tell you what I got or anything like that, but there's going to be a video posted on my YouTube channel, hopefully by Monday with the entire thing where I'm walking into the test center um, all the way down to me getting the score and discussing the answer sheet or the uh, you know the sheet that the 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 ERB sends you with all the information that they provide so it'll be pretty fun keep on the lookout for that you can check that out when it's out but enough about that today we are here to talk about how to solve really tough problems, how to solve really tough math problems. And I'm going to be sharing from an article written by a gentleman named Richard Ruscheck. I believe I'm I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Richard is a 2006 International Math Olympiad. He is the founder of the art of problem solving. He attended Princeton University and he is the director of the USA Mathematical Talent Search. So he's a really interesting guy. In fact, I'm going to try and have him on the show. I'll reach out to him, see if he is able and willing to join me. It would be really cool if he is. So he wrote this really cool article called Dealing with Hard Problems. And I want to share from it because while this could rain, this could have application or value to anybody because it's really about the mental state that goes behind solving tough problems, this could have applicability for somebody in middle school, for lower school, for somebody in college at the graduate level or a professional mathematician. It it runs the gamut. So I think this is a really great thing to share and talk about. Of course, in particular, my primary students, I would say, range from middle school to high school. So this is something that I hope kids can use when, especially on math tests, but in particular standardized tests like the ACT, SAT, so on and so forth. That's the goal of this particular episode. So let's get into it, and I'm going to start reading and obviously interjecting as I always do. Okay, so here we go. We ask hard questions because so many of the problems worth solving in life are hard. If they were easy, someone else would have solved them before you got to them. This is why college classes at top-tier universities has te- have tests on which nearly no one clears 70%, much less gets a perfect score. They're training future researchers. And the whole point of research is to find an answer 
find and answer questions that have never been solved. You can't learn how to do that without fighting and with problems you can't solve. If you are consistently getting every problem in class correct, you shouldn't be too happy. It means you aren't learning efficiently enough. You need to find a harder class. The problem with not being challenged sufficiently goes well beyond not learning math or whatever as quickly as you can. I think a lot of what we do at, a, at uh, The Art of Problem Solving is preparing students for challenges well outside of mathematics. The same sort of strategies that go into solving very difficult math problems can be used to tackle a great many problems. I believe we're teaching students how to think, how to approach difficult problems, and that math happens to be the best way to do so for many people. I think this is interesting because I, I'll be honest, like I did get accustomed to math being something where I could always solve and come up with a correct answer. That was frustrating when I couldn't. I think the first time when I started encountering things that were truly difficult where I didn't know the answer and there were big challenges probably was not until you could say, I mean, law school to a certain extent, but but then it's still sort of a very guided path. That's really what I'm doing now with my life and trying to get my education message out and build things. I don't know how to do what I'm doing. It's a very, very difficult problem for me to solve, but one that I really enjoy solving. I mean, it's a lot of fun to to see what I can accomplish and see what I can push and what headway I can make. And I think that if I I think that if I hadn't prepared myself mentally for this challenge, understanding exactly what it would entail and that it would really mean a lot of frustration banging my head against the wall and and if, for lack of a better word failures then I you know probably stop, not done it, stayed in law or something else, gone into some other corporate position like consulting long ago. So I think this is really cool. Okay, let me let me keep going here. The first step in dealing with difficult problems is to accept and understand their importance. Don't duck them. They will teach you a lot more than a worksheet full of easy problems. Brilliant aha moments almost always spring from minds cultivated by long periods of frustration. But without that frustration, those brilliant ideas never arise. What was a, one math teacher said? Live in the struggle. You got to live in the struggle when it comes to math. Math is all about the struggle. That's where the growth and learning happens. Okay, so here are some strategies for dealing with hard problems when, and the frustration that comes with them. One, do something. Yeah, the problem is hard. Yeah, you have no idea what to do to solve it. At some point, you have to stop staring and start trying stuff. Most of it won't work, except that a lot of your effort will appear to have been wasted. But there's a chance that one of your stabs will hit something. And even if it doesn't, the effort may prepare your mind for the winning idea when the time comes. We started developing an elementary school curriculum months and months before we had the idea that became Beast Academy. Our lead curriculum developer wrote 100 to 200 pages of content, dreaming up lots of different styles and approaches we might use. Not a one of those pages will be in the final work, but they spurred a great many ideas for content we will use. Perhaps more importantly, it prepared us so that when we finally hit upon Be the Beast Academy idea, we were confident enough to pursue it. Uh, let me share two 
things that I think make perfect sense with this idea. First of all, when we're talking about standardized tests or even just math problems and you don't know what to do, this is what I tell kids, students all the time. Just start writing, start doing something, put down information that is on the board, fill in information that you can. If it's a diagram, if it's a triangle or a square, would you know that side? We'll write it down. Do you know this angle? Put it in. You start writing and you'll the ideas will start flowing even if you go off on tangents that are incorrect. Uh, that That's the standardized test slash math test relationship. We're talking about the things that I do on a regular basis. Like I really, I just shot a music video for fun on the quadratic equation that was, or quadratic formula that was awesome. And there was a lot of things that I was doing for the first time. So I tried a lot of stuff. I, man, there's so many things it, as far as from the writing of the song process to the recording to the video footage that I, I gathered. There's so many things that I didn't use or had to cut out, but I tried a lot of things and eventually whittled everything down to something that I think is a pretty cool product. So I think it's it's that same idea if you're if you're terrified of the gargantuan nature of something you're trying to unfold or build or whatever it may be, just start. Start and things will start to fall into place, I promise you. Okay, number two, simplify the problem. Try smaller numbers in special cases. Remove restrictions or add restrictions. Set your sights a little lower, then raise them once you tackle the simpler problem. Number three, reflect on successes. You've solved lots of problems. Some of them were hard problems. How did you do it? Start with problems that are similar to the one you face. But even think about others that have nothing to do with your current problem. Think about the strategies you use to solve those problems, and you might stumble upon the solution. A few months ago, I was playing around with some Project Euler problems, or Euler. Uh, my, my math, I always thought it was Euler. My math teacher was would always pronounce it Euler, the famous mathematician Euler diagrams. And I came up upon a problem that boiled down to generating integer solutions in an efficient manner. Number theory is not my strength, but my path to the solution was to recall first the method for generating Pythagorean triples. Then I thought about how to generate that method, and then the path to the solution became clear. Uh, I'm guessing that some of our more mathematically advanced readers have so internalized the solution process for this type of uh, Diophantine equation that you don't have to travel with Pythagoras to get there. Okay, so this part is uh, not sure what Diophantine means. It's a little bit mathematically advanced for me. All right, let's go to the next one. Focus on what you haven't used yet. Many problems, particularly geometry problems, have a lot of moving parts. Look back at the problem and the discoveries you have made so far and ask yourself, what haven't I used yet in a constructive way? This is so critical for standardized tests especially. If you're stuck, be like, wait a minute, are there any of the side lengths, angles, whatever it may be, is there any piece of information that I haven't put to work yet? Okay, if so, let me write it down and see what I can do with it. Okay, Next, work backwards. This is particularly useful when trying to discover proofs. Instead of starting from what you know and working towards what you want, start from what you want and ask yourself what you need to get there. Okay. Another one, take a break. Get away from the problem for a bit. When you come back to it, you may find that you haven't entirely gotten away from the problem at all. The background processes of your brain have continued plugging away and you'll find yourself a lot closer to the solution. Of course, it's a lot easier to take a break if you start early. 
Be introspective. If you do give up and read the solution, then read it actively, not passively. As you read it, think about what clues in the problem could have led you to the solution. This is assuming you're sort of like, okay, let me let me look forward and see what's actually there. Think about what you did wrong in your investigation. If there are math facts in the solution that you didn't don't understand, then go investigate. I was completely befuddled the first time I saw a bunch of stuff about mods and an Olympiad solution. We didn't have the internet then, so I couldn't easily find out how straightforward modular arithmetic is. You have the internet now, so you have no excuse. If you did solve the problem, don't just pat yourself on the back. Think about the key steps you made and what the signs were to try them. Think about the blind alleys you explored en route to the solution. Okay. Finally, come back. If you gave up and looked at the solutions, then come back and try the problem again later in a few weeks. Oh, this is such a great suggestion. If you don't have any solutions to look at, keep the problem alive. Store it away on paper or in your mind. Richard Feynman once wrote that he would keep four or five problems active in the back of his mind. Whenever he heard a new strategy or technique, he would quickly run through his problems and see if he could use it to solve one of his problems. Okay, so that's cool. Keep it in the back of your mind. But I really love the suggestion about finding the answer, looking it up, and then after maybe taking a little break, going back and trying to solve it again from scratch. I think that's so cool because then that will reinforce in your mind that yes, you can solve these problems and this is precisely how to do so. Excellent, excellent article. Okay, guys, if you want to check out this article, I will have all the information in the show notes. You can check out the show notes at www.scalarlearning.com. And again, if you guys have any questions or comments for me, as always, you can email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. would love to hear from you. Finally, if you haven't done so yet, I absolutely recommend please subscribe to the podcast. Got new episodes coming out every day for the rest of the summer. Still got a lot of great content coming your way. So absolutely make sure to do that. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining. I'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. Scalar, learning, give me that scalar.